I'm not leaving. I'm not fucking leaving. The show goes on. This is my home. They're going to need a fucking wrecking ball to take me out of here. They're going to need to send in the National Guard a fucking SWAT team because I ain't going nowhere. Welcome back, Wrestling Junkies. For those that don't know, I am your host, Ernie. And you are listening to another broadcast from Under the Apron. What's up, wrestling fans? How are you? What's new? What's going on? (sighs) If you're wondering, everything upstairs in the noggin is doing well at the moment. But there was one thing bothering me while I was taking a break. That I couldn't make an episode. You know, I... Believe me. I missed this. So as soon as vac- vacation time was over, I came straight to the Anchor app. If you haven't yet, by the way, download the Anchor app and you'll be able to make your own podcast totally free at anchor.fm. Totally free. So, welcome to a new season, if you will, of... From Under the Apron. I know I'm a bit short on episodes for season, for it to be a season 2. But I wanted to start this one off with new theme music and a soundbite. And the next few episodes talk about a few things before I come up with actual new content. And believe me guys, there will be actual new content. So season 2 was supposed to start at episode 51. But here we are. Let's move along, shall we? Let's just forget. Eh. Whatever. Say la vie, Correct. Tonight's episode is going to be about Money in the Bank predictions and the results from AEW's Forbidden Door, of course. But first, I feel like we haven't discussed a few things that's happened in the past few weeks. So let's get to that, shall we? Um, What's happened in the past few weeks? Let's see. Oh yeah! Triple H is back on NXT! I saw that story break a few weeks ago. It wasn't a week ago, was it? It was a few weeks ago. Uh, Bodyslam.net covered it on Twitter. (laughs) I retweeted with, Daddy! Yeah, I did that. I don't care, I did that. He got his baby back. And while the whole situation Vince was going on, Bruce Prichard took over for John Laurinaitis. And I was moments away from telling him, Good luck in your future endeavors. (sighs) People power. <laughs> you get what you sow, motherfucker. Anyway, um, a lot of speculation also as to now we know the real reason they called it budget cuts. 
<laughs> Air quotes. Budget cut. When it was really millions of dollars of hush-hush money. That's what people said. I'm repeating what people are saying. Too bad. And it's coming up to, to that, to the actual point of it. Like, a lot of people got let go because of hush-hush money. And the fact that Laurinaitis was the one that said, it's budget cuts. Sorry, we had to do this. Um, a lot of talent, a lot of backstage personalities, a lot of um, road agents, a lot of people just, like, get the hush-hush money. I know a few weeks back I linked it to Hamilton and what he did with Maria Reynolds and um, her husband and all that. But that was coming out of his own pocket, so to say. Is that what they were saying with Hamilton? Anyway, that was coming out of his own pocket. He wasn't trying to get, you know, money from the government. Whatever that was. But I, you know, I similarities between that and this one, it was, I guess it was coming from there. Damn. Um, we dove into that more on the last episode. Not my episode, but it was the Masterpiece Shet Piece Theater. Uh, we dove more into that reasoning. Uh, we talked about it some more. So if you want to take a listen to that, go ahead and listen to it. I know not many of you, uh, try to even listen to that because it's not all about wrestling um but you know there's some stuff in there that's about wrestling it's in the show notes the timestamp and all that stuff y'all should just go check it out if you haven't uh but the situation with triple h was that he only said he was back nothing else to report you think every wrestling news outlet would just leave it alone they, they all wanted to be that one source for everybody to go to. I've seen about five different wrestling sites that said, Triple H is back, but we don't know in what capacity. Yeah, you don't know. We don't know this, and we don't know that. We don't know anything. Well, at the time. The only thing we do know is that he's back. I get it. Okay. Be the site that updates in what capacity he's coming back. Not the same news everyone already read. Like, I, I'm really sick and tired of reading... Triple H is back, but we don't know in what capacity. He just said he's back. He didn't say he was back to wrestling. He didn't say he was back to being something, uh, you know, on NXT. He just said he's back. And I understand that. It's really awesome to say. Like, if you start seeing changes on NXT, if we start getting takeovers again, that'd be awesome. That'd be the first step to change, to major change. Um... There was also talks with Triple H and AEW recently that I've heard on the internet, on Twitter, because of the fact that Forbidden Door happened. So, you know, uh, WWE was interested in some of it. It's like, oh, I see that, you, you know, you did something cool. So now they're trying to adapt, I guess. So um, I'll get more, I'll read more into that if it comes to pass, but... Like, people have been breaking that news on all over social media. So, I'm going to dive deep into that one as well. Hey, remember G4, the web show channel? No, actually, G4, the um, gamer channel back in the day. Um, well, now G4, the web show channel, 
that G4, the same G4 that brought us gamers, X-Play, Attack of the Show, and sometimes Ninja Warrior. And I say gamers, because I know y'all are gamers as well, man. Come on, don't, don't do that. We've all played WWE 2K 2020, 20-something to now. Uh, 2016s, I don't know how many are there. I played them all. We've all been there. We're we're all gamers in this community, in this wrestling community, right? I mean, I haven't gotten the taste of the AEW game yet. I know I've never played a TNA game, but I'm always playing the WWE 2K22 games. I'm I've been playing that. I even made my own character, Million Dollar Geek. I was gonna name him from under the apron, but it too many words. So I shortened it to Mill Dollar Geek, something like that. Um, uh, I should post a picture on... I'm going to post a picture on Instagram of what he looks like, what my character looks like. I even had a theme music for him and everything. And I tried posting that and it got taken down because of copyright. I guess they didn't want me using Adima Immortal. It went well with how he was... Uh, the entrance and everything, it went so smooth. Alright, so that didn't work out. So I'm going to try again with something else. So hopefully, you guys are watching. Um, If you haven't yet, check out Instagram page. I'm going to start doing a lot of stuff on the Instagram page as well. Uh, hopefully, you know. Uh, Talk to some people back. I know I haven't. I know I've been like out of it i know i've been distant but hey we gotta start new right a refresh a reboot not a reboot to this show we are lord knows we already did that reboot we rebranded and now here we are from under the apron um when it used to be something else all things wrestling but now you know we're from under the apron um so where was i i'm sorry uh, yeah, so G4, uh, brought us X-Play, Attack of the Show, sometimes Ninja Warrior, uh, what else did it bring us? Uh, Cops, <laughs> Lost, a bunch of old-ass shows, but most importantly, you know, like the gamer stuff, the gamer shows, um, the, the web stuff, the, uh, what is it called, Comic-Con, uh, E3, C2, C2, not, C3? E3, uh, Expo stuff, all that stuff. We game, we did stuff, we're nerds. But most importantly, we're all about wrestling. And, you know, they're bringing us Arena. And it's partnered with WWE. New G4 host, Gina Darling. Uh, haven't met her yet. And WWE superstar, Xavier Woods. I know that guy. Also a host of Up, Up, Down, Down. That's where I know him from. Our set tells this new show and is being built as a monthly show where the world of streamers, celebrities, pro athletes, and WWE superstars will collide and enter the G4 arena to hash out their personal professional issues with a gauntlet of chaotic and hilarious challenges. We need this network back on the air on TV. Because what if I mess out? It's like... Fine, it's on YouTube, but, you know, I want it to be on TV as well. I miss that. I miss going to it. I miss Attack of the Show. I miss everything about G4. 
um, all of our work on up, down, down, up, up, down, down over the past seven years has brought us to this moment where we will see the wrestling and gaming universes collide, said Xavier Woods of The New Day, host and host of Arena. I'm psyched to partner with G4 and look forward to surprising our up, down, up, up, down, down fans with, with some new faces in gaming each month. The show is set to premiere, I uh, believe, at its tonight, Wednesday, June 29th, 2022, at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific, on G4's Twitch channel and WWE's Up, Up, Down, Down YouTube channel. So after this, I'm going to head out. After I do this podcast, I'm going to head out, listen, watch the show, come back next few episodes, tell you what I love about it, review it. If you don't... If you want to review with me, come on on. Come on in. Go ahead. Uh, new episodes of Arena will air every month and feature two new guests to settle their comms once and for all. With the help of WWE superstars like Becky Lynch, Seth Rollins, and more. During the first challenge of each episode, the unbeatable advantage presented by Xfinity will be awarded to the winning contestant and provide them with the precious gift of time for the final challenge. That's awesome. Can't wait to watch that tonight. Like I'll, I won't watch it live, but I'll probably catch a glimpse of it later. And you know, every month, I guess that's cool, man. Um, either way, I love that. Um, Xavier Woods is now part of the G4 team. He's hanging out over there. He's nerding out. If anything happens to Xavier Woods in WWE, he gets released because of you know budget cuts bullshit. Uh, I know. We all know he has a freaking job over here in G4, which is awesome, right? Cool. All right, Um, next. Sorry to be a downer. But the legal problem with WWE continues as more law firms are looking into bringing class action lawsuits against WWE following the recent Vince McMahon scandal. The number is up to seven now. Uh, that number may have changed in the past week or so, supposedly. Like, who knows? Brandon Thurston of WrestleNomics pointed out on Twitter that two more firms, Morecune PLLC and Pomerantz Law Firm, have issued press releases noting that they are investigating WWE for violations of the security laws on behalf of WWE investors. The firms are seeking WWE shareholders who have suffered a loss in order for them to participate in a class action lawsuit. G- they join other firms, including Scott plus Scott, Rosen Law Firm, Shaw Law Firm, Brigger Eagle and Esquire, and Labaton Sushiro. They're all they've all referred to the report last week by the Wall Street Journal regarding Vince McMahon being investigated by WWE's board for making a three million dollar settlement to a former employee owing for an alleged sexual relationship. The paralegal, we don't know her name. Nobody has come forward yet. Um, there is some speculation that it was really a wrestler. Nah, we're not going into that. WWE's board is also looking into the misconduct allegation against McMahon and Jordan Laurinaitis. If for those of you who don't know, they shared the paralegal. McMahon said, hey, Johnny, come here. Yeah, boss. Get a load of this. Okay, boss. <sighs> yeah, that was, that was horrible. Um, yeah. Apologize for that one. That was from a few weeks ago, unfortunately. Um, 
he straight up. If y'all heard anything from the past few weeks of any news from this that we might that I posted, well, I haven't really caught up to wrestling this whole week. I just been like on vacation, so I'm gonna have to check in on this as well to see what's going on. So now I'm playing catch up with y'all on this. So thanks for being patient and listening. Here's some news that happened this week. Uh, Bellator MMA star Valerie Loretta is the fighter to make the jump from fighting to pro wrestling. While speaking with ESPN today, Loretta confirmed she has signed with a multi-year contract with WWE. She is also slated to move to Orlando from Miami and report to the WWE Performance Center on July 19th. That's awesome. Although Loretta will be a full-time WWE athlete, she will remain under contract with Bellator. I'm an entertainer, Loretta said. I love glamour, I love production, I love storytelling, and when I saw the WWE, I realized this is everything. I'm good at in one place. Not only that, but I saw the opportunity to be the first Cuban-American woman to be a WWE superstar. Hola, mi gente! Ah. Yeah, and I saw what she looks like. Muy, muy firme, mi amor. Muy firme. Yeah. Mwah. Chef's kiss. <laughs> The young fighter holds a 4-1 pro MMA record with her most recent win coming last November. She had been training at American Top Team. Yeah. The gym founded by AEW's Dan Lambert. Dude, don't get Dan Lambert involved in this. Oh my god. If we get some type of crossover... Or some time of, some kind of reference from Dan Lambert. Hey, my girl's in WWE. Yeah. Wow. After attending WrestleMania 38, she had a tryout in late April and early May with WWE. And nobody from AEW could scoop her up? Come on. The report stated WWE coaches praised Loretta's ability and view her as a high-ceiling talent after her tryout. During that tryout, she had imagined signed with WWE shortly after that. And you all know what kind of match we're waiting for, right? This is going to be that WrestleMania match next year. Loretta versus Ronda Rousey. Let's go. Loretta has high goals that she wants to be on NXT television by the end of the year and be on the WWE main roster within one year. So NXT first. Top of that competition. I'm sorry. Top of the competition. And then go straight to the top. Royal Rumble. Um, WrestleMania face Ronda Rousey. That is if to say if Ronda Rousey continues being the dominant um, wrestler that she is. Superstar. So, maybe she'll be the Roman Reigns of the women's division and hold that belt for like a long time. Who knows? Maybe. I mean, we don't know. Uh, that's all the news we have for this week. I'm going to take a short break. We all really know what that means. So, see you soon. Hey, you found our YouTube channel all queued up. I'm Greg Dietz, and with me always is Maya Don Fisher. Hey, Maya, can you tell the fine folks what we do here? Uh, sure, Greg. What we do here is we review movies and TV shows that are exclusive to streaming services, such as Disney Plus, HBO Max, Netflix, Amazon's Prime Video, 
Hulu, and others. Then, Greg and I have a discussion and break down what we liked or didn't like about the show or movie we watched, and we let you, the listener, know if it's worth investing your time in. You can listen to our fine podcast on any streaming service of your choice. You can listen to our podcast and other fine podcasts on the Nirvana Network. Uh, Thanks for stopping by. Make sure you hit that subscribe button on your way out, and we'll see you next time. Take care, everybody. Welcome back from Under the Apron. Thank you for sticking around. Y'all are awesome for doing so. I was happening to take a peek at the analytics of the show, and let me tell you, I'm celebrating every accomplishment from here on out, okay? Like, you were, you guys were the first to know about the thousand out download. You guys were the first to know about the sponsorship. I figure you guys are going to be the first to know about every accomplishment from here on out, correct? Correct. So, we are up to 1,185 downloads. Trying to get up to 2K for this weekend. So, if you can, help a guy out. And share it with your friends. Tell a friend. Tell tell them about us. You know. I keep saying who's listening to us. Uh, Canada, United Kingdom, Australia, France. From a few weeks ago that I've said it. Uh, another awesome thing I noticed was that I just found out we have listeners from India as well. So welcome to the show, International Wrestling Junkies. Enjoy your stay. Welcome to the show, I believe. And if it's your first time, don't forget to email us at fromundertheapron at gmail.com and tell us who your favorite wrestler is. Tell us everything about you. You know, I want to build a community, this community right here, that, you know, you guys are have been listening. You guys are awesome. You guys are amazing. Uh, let's build that community. Tell me about yourself. Email me there. Um, I don't have to read it out loud. Uh, on the show, if you don't want me to, but if you do want me to, let let and send me a story. Tell me what it is that you like about wrestling. Tell me what it is that you enjoyed about wrestling. How did you become a fan? Any other questions I might have, I'll 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 throw it out there when I email you back. Maybe I'll email you back. Who knows? We'll see. We'll see how that goes. Okay. So I feel like I haven't drank a Zoa Energy in a while. So with that in mind. Let's pop it open and see where the night takes us this evening. Let's see. Oh, yeah, baby. <laughs> baby. All right, so I'm, listen- I'm, re- I'm listening. Wow. I'm drinking uh, Super Berry. It's awesome. I love it. And as you all know, I have a co-host sometimes. Uh, his name is Michael, and he usually tells me to read it back. So I have to read it back because Michael tells me to. <laughs> uh, my fellow everyday warriors, Zoa is about healthy, positive energy that helps us all focus, be productive, and get stronger together. Mana, gratitude, Zoa. Dwayne Johnson. Um, I I know we haven't heard from Michael in a while. So I hope he is doing well we all hope he's doing well i hope you guys send us a message on the email telling michael that you know hope he's doing well as well and you know hopefully he comes back real soon because we missed the guy uh all right cool uh one more drink of this 
All right, awesome. All right, so let's talk about Forbidden Door, which happened over the weekend. AEW and New Japan Pro Wrestling joint pay-per-view, um, which went down in Chicago on Sunday. Um, I didn't. I watched some of it, a few clips here and there. I didn't get to watch the entire thing. I will be though, but it was an exciting show. Um, I was hyped for it. I was really invested in all of it. Uh, there were some few people that said like it was, you know, a month and all this stuff. But at the same time, it was an awesome pay-per-view. Like checking out Twitter and everybody was freaking hyped. There were a few casualties of um, injuries and stuff over that weekend, over that show. But at the same time, we're going to talk about it. Uh, first of all, with uh, the buy-in, which is like the dark matches. Not the dark matches, but it's like the pre-show of it. Um, if you don't know who New Japan wrestlers are, that's fine. Um, do what many did and look it up. Do what I did and look them up if you have the time. If not, mm, skip to the predictions if you like. Or skip some of these matches. Or skip to the predictions. I'll have the timestamp in the show notes on Spotify. Or wherever you're listening to on this episode. Uh, the buy-in. First match. Hiroki Goto and Yoshihashi defeated Aaron Solo and QT Marshall of the factory. Um, okay. Uh, next match was Lance Archer defeating Nick Camarado of the Factory. Also, I thought these two were heels. Okay. Uh, the next match was Swerve, Strickland, and Keith Lee. I honestly thought these two broke up for some reason. I don't know. Uh, they defeated Yoshinobu Kanemaru and El Desperado. And finally, the acclaimed... Max Caster and the Gun Club, all, all the guns, <laughs> um, all the guns. Billy Gunn and his boys, his sons, defeated Yuya Umura, Alex Coughlin, the DKC, and Kevin Knight. I believe I have audio for Max Caster. You know that's gonna be a new thing here where we're gonna showcase his rap. Because, you know, we got we to gotta represent the Scissor Club, right? Scissor! Scissor me! Oh boy, I'm going to get in trouble for that one. Listen! Everybody's saying that they want to be acclaimed. acclaimed. And the guns got them interested. We putting four more guys on the injured list. And I'm going to make you call me Senpai. Y'all are probably in the dojo watching hentai. Y'all are not hot at all. You were too busy washing Shibata's balls. So I'ma teach you on the map, boys. You were getting schooled by acclaimed and the ass boys. Hey, wait a minute. I thought we weren't supposed to say that. <laughs> it's complicated. You never know what catches. Tokyo Dome. Green Bay. I don't think you get it wrong every time. I don't know how to give me that. How to look at these buildings. Chicago! 
Tom Del Marco. Marco. Oh shit! The Don DeMarco gets me every time. Um, next match, the first match of the night: um, Chris Jericho, Sammy Guevara, and Minoru Suzuki defeated Eddie Kingston, Wheeler Yuta, and Shota Umino. My God, you guys! I claim all about head banging matches. If you haven't yet. Go listen to some past episodes where I say the these matches were head bangers. And I'm like, no, this match, fine. Minoru Suzuki and Eddie Kingston was a head banger. Like, ugh. if you saw it, it was bad when you saw Minoru Suzuki and Samoa Joe giving each other slaps on the chest. Like for five minutes straight, <laughs> Eddie Kingston does not care about your chest. Eddie Kingston does not care about you. Eddie Kingston does not give a fuck. Eddie Kingston, <laughs> yes, and Suzuki do not care, man. These two are the epitome of head banging matches, of head bangers, of. Not the headbangers, the WWE tag team, tag teams. I'm talking about head banging matches where, mmm, mmm, freaking JBL, freaking clotheslines you and bam, 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 bam. Minoru Suzuki and Eddie Kingston. This is all I heard. That's me slapping my fucking. Somebody's gonna get triggered. Oh my god! Uh, if I had to win, so do you. These, all six of these are just ridiculous when it comes to slaps, okay? I understand. Wow. I understood nothing of. I don't even know. I, I guess there was a winner, but still, like, damn. I was exhausted by that. <laughs> I was exhausted by Suzuki versus Samoa Joe, but I was exhausted by this. Alright, on to the next match. Uh, FTR defeated Rapongi Vice and United Empire. Uh, earlier on in the match, um, somebody got injured. Harwood got injured. Dax Harwood got his shoulder injury. It was bad. Um... First of all, I saw it on Twitter. Everybody's concerned about it. They said, oh, no. Um, saw pictures of him going to the back. Later on, I watched it. Fuck. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, it, the fact that he came back after and finished the entire match, that right there is a freaking champion, a fighting champion. You know. It's too many injuries, man. Over these past this past month alone, too many injuries. And then this happens at Forbidden Door, and you know I'm glad they're fine. I'm glad he's fine. Everything's good. Um, I believe, I believe it was for the IWGP Tag Team Titles. Um, FTR, man. If they're not on. On your list of greatest tag teams of all time, well, 
and I, I don't think it matters about titles, but I think it matters how, you know, based on how you perform. Dax Harwood performing with a injured shoulder and, you know, leaving and then coming back. That should put him on that list of greatest tag teams. Uh, they took the belt from United Empire, Jeff Cobb, and Great O'Conn. Uh, unfortunately, Rapungi Vice couldn't get it done. But FTR are now the AAA, AAA, the Mexican Tag Team Champions. The Ring of Honor ROH Tag Team Champions. And the IWGP World Tag Team Champions. They took them all. It was a winner-take-all match. Imagine if Rapongi Vice would have won that one. Like, they would have just freaking gotten both four belts in one night. But FTR has six belts. Uh, I heard someone say something about, Oh, they're better than the... Who was The Bloodline. They're better than the Bloodline now. <sighs> okay, you're a little, a little Stretch Armstrong over there. Stretch Armstrong, come back, come back, come back, come back. Come back, you know. Reed Richards, chill. Chill for a moment before I get Wanda Maximoff to come over here and, like, you know, overstretch you. Take you out. Come back. Chill. We're not having that conversation about the bloodline yet. They're not in that yet. Um, Gotta give it a few more months. I understand they're calling out the Oos. They're calling out the Usos. That would be an awesome match. FTR versus the Usos. All the belts on the line. The Usos, SmackDown, and Raw Tag Team Championships against FTRs, ROH, uh, AAA, and the IWGP. Hey, might as well add in the um, AEW Tag Team Champions in there as well. Do it. Go for it. You know what? Let's add one more. NXT. Because these two right here, FTR, the Revival... Forever the Revival, but the Revival came from NXT. So imagine the Creed Brothers in this match. The Creed Brothers, FTR, the Usos. Oh, head banger. Imagine that. Wouldn't you want to see that? I, I guess, yeah, freaking NXT falls in the same umbrella as whatever, as WWE. But still, all right. FTR versus the Creed Brothers or FTR versus the Usos. Doesn't really matter. Headbanger right there. Uh, for the AEW All Atlantic Championship, Pac, the freaking, <laughs> the bastard child, <laughs> the bastard Pac, defeated Miro, Malachi Black, and I don't know who this other guy was, but I guess he's re- representing New Japan because that's who I the logo that I saw in the tournament that they had this match for. So, Clark Connors. Yeah. Look at that. I thought it was going to be like some big name, but we get some guy named Clark Connors. Oh. Um, apparently, he was replacing Tomo Hiro Ishii after a recent injury kept him from competing. Uh, believe that was from... Uh, the New Japan Pro Wrestling pay-per-view that they had two weeks ago. Or a week ago. 
So there was that. But Pac freaking delivered, man. Uh, Miro was being freaking ruthless, of course. Uh, uh, who else? Pac and Malachi Black had, were awesome to, against each other. Were awesome together. Uh, fighting each other. It was just so freaking awesome to see the 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 trio, the tri. <laughs> What's it called? The House of Black versus Pox people. It, but you know, it was just good to see them. One person from each group representing each other and fighting each other again. And my God, Pac is now the AEW AEW All Atlantic Championship. He basically the Intercontinental Champion, I guess. International, Intercontinental, whichever, it doesn't really matter. Pac has that championship down on lock. Um, I was confused by this. I don't know <laughs> if maybe I was reading it wrong or not. But um, Darby Allen and Sting with Shingo Takagi defeated Young Bucks and El Fantasmo. Not about that. I wasn't. I was sure about that. Like, all right, I'm reading that right, correct? Yeah. The thing I didn't like trying to figure out if I was reading right. Dudes with attitude is what Darby Allen and Sting with Shingo Takagi were called. Dudes with attitude. The only dudes with attitude I remember, and it probably might be I don't know. From the new generation, was it the new generation era? It was Shawn Michaels and, and uh, Diesel, Big Daddy Cool Diesel. Were they called the two dudes with attitude, or were they just called dudes with attitude? I I think if I remember correctly, I think it was called they were called two dudes with attitude. But come on, it's, it's saying yeah, I that's what I thought of at first when they announced dudes with attitude and they put that name on there basically. Um, I wasn't thinking about that, but all right. Uh, they, it was just a regular match, I guess. I, I didn't personally say it. I wasn't really interested in it. I was just interested in some of the matches. But that alone, it's like, oh shit, I should have watched it. I know, I understand. Wah, wah, wah. Uh, on to the next match. Uh, Tonda Rosa defeated Tony Storm for the AEW Women's World Championship. Okay, so... Let's talk. Let, let's sit here and talk about this for a minute, okay? So, you're telling me you're gonna do a Forbidden Door pay-per-view? Yeah, I have all these awesome New Japan pro wrestlers, um, stars that you've never even heard of, even in the buy-in, have all these amazing, awesome wrestlers. Yeah, cool, awesome. Um. Are there no females in New Japan? We only they uh, was only one match with the women in there. This is horrible. What? What? I'm not. I'm fucking fucking kind of kind of. I'm kind of disappointed. Um, you had all these Japanese wrestlers, all these Japanese women in your company, showing that. You know, in the, what was it, the women's uh, tournament of the Owen Hart Foundation, Memorial Foundation, Owen Hart 
Foundation Memorial Tournament. You had all the Japanese women. You had them there. You couldn't bring any of them onto here to this match. This Thunder Rosa Tony Storm could have just been, you know, could have been waited for Dynamite or the next pay per view in a few weeks, a few months, whatever. You could have had Tony Storm and Thunder Rosa versus any of the girls you just showcased over the month ago. Or, I have an idea. Better yet, if y'all are into it, tell me if you. Well, you're not going to tell me anything. But, how about stardom? I've covered stardom here before, right? Act Yakuzawa. You've heard of her. We, we've covered a, a stardom here as well, right? You've heard me mention Act Yasukawa versus Yoshiko. Uh, in the other episode is Joshi Pro Wrestling. Anybody, anybody from back there, from the World Wonder Ring Stardom, Stardom, anybody, you could have had anybody. If you wanted to be a Forbidden Door only for New Japan, why not Stardom? Why not DDT? Why not, oh shit, yeah, suddenly he knows everything because he had a... Uh, a writer um, come over and talk about female wrestlers also. Oh, yeah. And because of her, I now know about DDT. I now know about other wrestling companies as well. If it wasn't for her, Kashina Booker, as we all know her as, we wouldn't know about Dramatic Dream Team. We wouldn't know about Joshi Pro Wrestling. And, you know, I'm very glad we do. We are learning here. And with that, I can bring you more um, wrestling uh, concept about uh, best matches from there. I can talk about more stuff from there. And this could have been brought up on the Forbidden Door. I am highly disappointed that we only got to see one match of women's wrestling. Thunder Rosa and Tony Storm. And Thunder Rosa defeated Tony Storm for the AW Women's World Championship. Great. Good for her. That doesn't defeat anything at all. It doesn't take anything from her at all, but it takes away the fact that we only got to see one match in the middle of the pay-per-view, no less. Um, yeah. Totally. Maybe. I mean, we got to see Mickey James. <laughs> We got to see a few women's matches in, on Raw, right? Why not? Not Raw, I'm sorry. Royal Rumble. Uh, why not have a big thing? Why not have a women's only Forbidden Door? There you fucking go. A women's only Forbidden Door. Imagine that, guys. Uh, what was it called? A few years, a few freaking years back. Evolution. The WWE Women's Only Pay-Per-View. Imagine AEW Women's Only Forbidden Door. Um, everybody from DDT. Women from a DDT. Women's, women from all over the world. How about that? What about anybody from the Women's Wrestling Army? Um, Maria Canellis, uh company over there. She has a lot of female talent. You could have used them. You had an opportunity to showcase all this wonderful talent 
Maria Canellas would have been okay with it. Would have been not. I don't know. It would have, but you know, just the thought of it would have been fucking awesome, right? Um, yeah, and I follow Women's Wrestling Army on Instagram. They're fucking wonderful. It's just they're coming up, so why not include them? You know, it it would have been an awesome thing to see. It would have been awesome to see who's in whoever the new girls, new girls on there as well. Taya Valkyrie's over there. She's a champion over there. It would have happened, guys. All right, so let's not get into into this. But at the same time, we'll talk about it some other time on another episode. That you know, um, a dream match between all of the women's in the world. It would totally would have happened. Correct. Let's just let's just agree to agree. So let's just say it's a possibility that maybe you know we don't know what Tony Khan's um, thinking, but you know, just in case. He's listening, or somebody gives him this episode, and you know, magically finds his way over to him. DDT, um, Dramatic Dream Team, uh, Women's Wrestling Army, Stardom, go for it. Women's only AEW pay-per-view. How about that? Don't, 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 don't say you're copying off of WWE, whether you know, uh, Evolution. No. Do it for your own self. Do it because people want to see it. Let's go with that. Fans. Do it for the fans. Do it for the culture. Alright. Uh, of next match. I, I went too far on that one. <laughs> uh, Will Ospreay defeated Orange Cassidy. Oh, J. Freshly squeezed. That's how I like my OJ. Whoa. I, I yeah, that... Well, everything, anything Will Ospreay is in, it's going to be an awesome match. Doesn't matter if he's against Hook, if he's against um, Ricochet, or if he's against Roger Cassidy. He's going to have an awesome match. He's going to be the guy with the superhero pose at the very end. This match was no different. I I, I just freaking loved it. Wow. <laughs> it, like whoever called whoever called this match was just like damn. I want to one day I want to be able to like call this match, be like uh, commentate on this match, freaking everything that they do. All right, next match uh, was Zack Zaber Jr. versus for those that don't know. So Brian Brian Danielson Daniel Bryan Brian Danielson couldn't compete because he was injured. He won't be able to compete for a few months or weeks, I believe. Um, he won't be able to compete for Blood and Guts either, as he said a few weeks ago. But he did say that he has someone he has someone in mind to face Zack Zaber Jr. I wanted to see Zack Zaber Jr. versus Brian Daniel Bryan Brian Danielson, whatever his name is. You know who his name is. Um. But unfortunately, that couldn't happen. Instead, we get another fucking headbanger, of course. Um, formerly known as Cesaro in WWE, but we all know him as Claudio Castagnoli. Hey! Yeah, throwback. 
to what he used to do in Ring of Honor. That's when I first laid my eyes on him. I went to a Ring of Honor uh, pay-per-view back freaking 12 years, 13 years ago. It was freaking... Well, back when Daniel Bryan, Bryan Danielson, was in Ring of Honor. Back... Yeah, we... I went to a Ring of Honor pay-per-view. I was there. I did the whole, it's the final countdown. You know how you sing that song? When Danielson comes out, that was me. I was a kid again in a gym. I don't give a fuck. It was a uh, school gym. I don't care. It was awesome. It was great to see me and 300 other people in there doing the final countdown. Yes. I did that. Claudio comes out that night also. Hey! Hey! The hey salute. It was great. It's great. I hated they didn't do that in WWE anymore. But, you know, it is what it is. So, when he came out, I, there was three people, well, there was two people I wanted to see. Uh, Claudio, obviously. That was my number two, unfortunately. Sorry to say that. My number one was Johnny Gargano. Of course it was Johnny Gargano. That's my favorite. But he's still on parental leave. But uh, Johnny Gargano was doing some kind of uh, signing somewhere else. Like he can't be two pl- at two places at once, right? Everybody thought, he, okay, he's going to be over there. What if he makes it over here? Cool. That would have been great. But, who was the third guy? I don't think it was the third guy. It was just um, Johnny Gargano and Claudio. And the fact that Claudio showed up, I was like, I did. I wasn't disappointed. I was just like, yes, number two, let's go. So it happened. Um, he ends up winning. I love that. And he signed with AEW, no less. Uh, so let me read what he had to say. The former WWE star went over, of course. Claudio will also be in the Blood and Guts match on this Wednesday's episode of Dynamite. So tune in tonight, Blood and Guts, Claudio Castagnoli, formerly Cesaro. You don't have to call him Cesaro anymore. Call him Claudio. Claudio, hey! (laughs) While speaking with the media after the show, Claudio talked about his decision to sign with AEW. You know, sometimes the stars align for a perfect moment. That's what happened tonight. I hope Brian is alright. I know Brian will be back, but it's just a perfect fit. I just talked to John Moxley. Mox, we've been going back for 10 to 12 years. And we've known each other for a long time. We used to ride together and work out together. We still do and still talk. It just fits. At the end of the day, I'm always looking for new challenges. And here in AEW, I'm like a kid in the candy store. He's talking about Mox. Dude. I know it doesn't matter anymore. But if he... If WWE have given him a chance... He would have been the champion over there. But no. No. I hate that. Claudio was asked about his dream opponents in AEW. He said that he doesn't care who his dream opponents are. But instead, the most important thing to him is who the fans want to see him wrestle. Everybody. My guy. Everybody. You're away from WWE. You're done. Those weren't even dream matches at all. Those were just matches that anybody could have been in. You had matches here and there. That's fine. But now, AEW, everybody, all the pool, everything. CM Punk, let's go. Um, Adam Cole, let's go. 
Oh, freaking Keith Lee. Let's freaking go. Um, oh my God, I'm hyperventilating. This is awesome. I can't wait. Let's go. Another freaking episode where we can uh, fantasy book him. Dream matches. What are your dream matches? AEW president Tony Khan stated that he contacted Claudio before he was certain Danielson would be off the show. Claudio added, I don't know if you can tell. I'm very happy. It fits. This is my first night here, and I feel like I've been here for years. It just fits. It's awesome. Yes, it is, my dude. Imagine all those matches plus more. Um, everybody from Ring of Honor, Claudio versus Samoa Joe. Yes, let's go. All the Ring of Honor freaking people now here. Yes. Okay, that's it. That's it. That's it for me marking out for this. I don't care if I said it. If I said a bad word, I said marking out. I did. I don't care. I marked out. I'm gonna mark out some more later on, but I marked out. Like not on this episode, but I'll mark out some other time, where if he ever faces anybody from the roster. Like, shit, yeah. Okay. Uh, next match. For the IWGP World Championship, Jay White defeated Adam Cole, Kachuka Okada, and Hangman Adam Page. Okay, it kind of ended weird. I get it why now. But Jay White hit uh, his finisher... Who'd he hit it on? He hit it on... I believe it was Adam Page, correct? Alright, so listen. I completely forgot. I gotta go back and watch it again. I believe he hit it... He Jay White hit his um, finisher on a hangman Adam Page. If not, it might have been Okada. But... Um... As one of them was going towards the corner, he decided, Jay White decides to pin Adam Cole. He wasn't hurt or anything. He didn't get a finisher at all on him, but, you know, it happened. It Everybody thought it was weird, of course. You're going to think, like, oh, shit, something happened. What? Why would you def Why would you pin Adam Cole? Nothing happened to him when you just did your finisher on this other guy. Uh, pinned Adam Cole. He wins. The match is over everything and then you see like something happening where medical and the young bucks come out and they check in on cole so following the bout aw medical staff checked on cole as the young bucks and kyle o'reilly came to the ring cole did walk out of the ring on his own power uh brian alvarez of f4wonline.com reported that cole is believed to have suffered a concussion during the bout Prior to Forbidden Door, Cole had been on the sidelines as he hadn't wrestled since the Owen Hart Foundation men's tournament final at Double Nothing in late May where he beat Samoa Joe. Originally, Cole was supposed to work a 10-man tag team match on the Dynamite following Double Nothing, but was removed from the match shortly after the announcement. So, he was hurt. He suffered a concussion. Um, best wishes on Adam Cole, we hope. He gets better soon. Because that's, that's one of my favorite wrestlers, man. Uh, I'd hate for something like that to happen to the poor guy. And what's been going on lately is that... Who said it? Eh, I'm not even going to repeat it here. But 
Uh, Adam Cole has been under a lot of scrutiny lately, uh, being body shamed by a bunch of supposed legendary wrestlers, whatever. Um, just because he looks this kind of way, and it's not like he had. He's he's a dad bod wrestler instead of you know muscular or muscles everywhere. He's he's. But Adam Cole is Adam Cole. He, we like him the way he is. But unfortunately, people don't see him as that. They just... They go with, you know, the way you look instead of talent, I guess. Oh, so... More power for Adam Cole. We love him around here. Um, And finally, the AEW World Championship was on the line. The interim... AW World Championship, of course. Uh, John Moxley defeated Hiroshi Tanahashi. John Moxley is your new AW, for the time being, World Champion. Until CM Punk gets back, and then you get a match between John Moxley and CM Punk. In a ladder match, maybe, we hope. <laughs> so, there's that. Okay, so that's it for the AW Forbidden Door aftermath results for those that watched the after ma the after the show the back <clears throat> sorry the backstage the um stuff with uh what's it called the aftermath with tony khan sitting down with all the wrestlers and interviewing all that stuff for those that watched it, saw how a Tony Khan reacts after interviewing the wrestlers. He just gets up, gives them a hug. Uh, reminds me of Bailey. He's the best hugger. Like, some people think that's weird. Others are just like, whatever. It is what it is. But yeah, dude. He, he... I understand you're not supposed to. But hey, he's not Vince McMahon, at least. Paralegal. Anyway, so... That's all for the AEW Forbidden Door. So take a little break. Be right back with Money in the Bank predictions. That pretty much nails it right there. That's all of them. Uh, I'm going to take a little break. Uh, here is Flat Tire Andy's podcast. You can check it out on Spotify. Here is a trailer for his podcast. Check it out. Welcome back to the show. Uh, WWE Money in the Bank is this Saturday, July 2nd. Uh, For those that are watching on Peacock, it will start at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern. Uh, Fans across the pond will have to stay up late as the show starts at 1 a.m. BST. In Australia, Money in the Bank begins at 10 a.m. AESD on Sunday. Um, I got the predictions. Right, it's gonna go by fast. I guess. Uh, maybe not. Maybe not. Uh, so, let's see. Uh, what we got is. Uh, I'm gonna say the last two Money in the Bank, Money in the Bank actual ladder matches at the last because I want to show. I want to talk about these right here. Um, SmackDown Women's Championship, Ronda Rousey versus Natalia. Uh, 
I mean, I hate to say it, but Ronda Rousey has it. I love Natalia and all, but I don't think you're really. I don't think they're gonna take the belt away from Ronda this early. Uh, the Unified Tag Team Championship, the Usos versus the Street Profits. Um, again, I don't think they're gonna take the belts away from the Usos just yet. Like for what? It, they just defeated RK Bro. And now their first challenge is against the Street Prop. They, their first challenge was against um, Bro and Nakamura, but that's not even a challenge. Nakamura got injured, uh, supposedly got injured. But the Street Profits, yeah, I don't think so, not yet. Um, and I hope they don't break up because I know what they're trying to do. I know they're trying to get um, one of the Profits to go solo. Um, it's not going to be Dawkins. Dawkins as the I'm a tag team champion for life. It's the other one, I guess. But we'll see how that goes. Um, <laughs> United States Championship. I don't even know why this is even a thing. Theory versus Bobby Lashley. I'm going to go with Bobby Lashley. I, But, you know, by hook or by crook, Theory is going to win this. Uh, for those wondering. Yeah, I do want to see Theory versus John Cena. At SummerSlam. And yes, I want to see it for the United States Championship. And yes, I want to see John Cena win that championship again. And, you know, be that fighting champion again. He just came back on Monday. Um, 20 years of John Cena, of course. Uh, 20 year anniversary of, you can't see me. You can't see me. <laughs> uh, I love John Cena. What are you talking about? He's, he's my one of my favorite wrestlers. He's... Uh, yeah, he's awesome. But, no, I mean, I I don't know. If we're going to put the belt on the line at SummerSlam, then, yeah. But if not, then I guess Bobby Lashley can win this. I don't really don't want to see Theory at all. I, I, I love the guy. Uh, my first introduction to him was on Vice TV a few years back. And the show, The Wrestlers, they introduced him there. And then he showed up on Progress Pro Wrestling. You can look it up on the Peacock Network. It is there. Uh, so yeah, Bobby Lashley for the win. The Raw Women's Championship. Originally it was supposed to be Bianca Belair versus Rhea Ripley, but Rhea Ripley got injured, unfortunately. So instead, get Carmella. What? How does that? How does that work? I don't understand what happened. I don't... How did Carmella get in, in this match anyway? Um, it sort of... <sighs> come on. Um, Bianca. <laughs> There's no question about that one. Bianca wins. Uh, I believe that's all they're, they're doing. We need to have another Night of Champions again because this is ridiculous. I want to see Walter. You heard that right. I said his name, Walter. Because I'm not going to call him whatever he's being called right now. Walter, he's just the Intercontinental Champion. I want to see him in a match. Put him in a pay-per-view. Or, you know, just... Damn. I'd rather see him in a match. Put him in there. You have time, right? 
Okay. So, the last few matches that I'm going to call, I, they're probably going to be the first one of the night. The women's Money in the Bank ladder match. Wait a minute. Wait, the Roman, Roman Reigns isn't wrestling this night? Damn, that sucks. Wow, so we get SummerSlam. Okay, so Women's Money in the Bank ladder match. The participants are Lacey Evans, Alexa Bliss, Lib Morgan, Raquel Rodriguez, Asuka, Becky Lynch, and Shotzi. Like, alright, Shotzi is getting into this. Ooh, obviously I haven't watched for a week or two. Because I wanted to have that vacation. I wanted to be, you know, bright-eyed when I got here. But I should have watched it for that alone to see how Shotzi got in it. But, yeah, I'm not even including her. Um, Hopefully she does some moves. Because I've seen her in ladder matches and she is freaking amazing in it. On NXT, if you haven't, check them out. Her and Ember Moon against, I forgot who it was, but her and Ember Moon in a ladder match against two other teams. Oh, it was freaking awesome. And I think it was Raquel Rodriguez and Dakota Kai that they were facing for the tag team championship. Um, I'm going to have to relook that up. But it was kind of funny seeing that her shot scene at the ladder match, and then a few weeks later, she's on YouTube <laughs> doing a chiropractic session and telling the the doctor, "Yeah, my back. Yeah, we know why your back hurts." But she got she got adjusted. She so you know, maybe two weeks after Saturday, we'll see her again on that same YouTube channel. <laughs> I'm going to have to go back and look for it. It, it, it was just like little things like, hey, I know that girl. And for those wondering, yes, I do watch chiropractic channels because for the ASMR. Anyway, um, let's go through the list. Alexa Bliss. I love Alexa. I love Alexa and Liv Morgan. I love both of those two. They're my two little freaking awesome, short, awesome wrestlers that I do love. That I love that they're in here. Alexa Bliss came back a few weeks ago. She's in this. She won a tag match with Liv Morgan to be included in this match. Uh, but uh, they're going to be the two one, the two that are going to be like teaming with each other. Trying to get the bigger girls out of this match and all of that. So I can't wait for that. Uh, who next? Raquel Rodriguez. She has... The smile, I liked her better on NXT. I'm just going to say that right now. She was a freaking awesome wrestler on NXT. Dominant, everything. I want her to go far. If anything, yes, win this match. Get the money in the bank. <laughs> Do the chingona bomb. No, I'm not going to call it the Tejano bomb. Because, you know, chingona bomb. I don't care what you say, because, oh no, we should have thought of this in NXT. No, you fucked up. That's your fault. I'm calling it Chingona Bomb. Chingona Bomb um, takes out Lacey Evans on top of a ladder. Can't wait. Well, either way, it's going to be awesome. Becky Lynch by Hook or by Crook. I 
I guess. <laughs> I guess it's going to happen. But I'm not giving it to Lacey Evans just yet. It's like, eh, I get that she's there for that reason alone. But nah, Asuka, maybe she will win it this time. And Becky Lynch again has to be like, eh, he did. But I'm giving it to Becky Lynch. She goes, instead, but instead of going after EST, Bianca Belair, that night. What if this match comes first? And then the Ronda Rousey versus Natalia match. Um, Natalia and Ronda Rousey have this big headbanger match. Um, they're exhausted from submissions and stuff. And then Becky Lynch um, cashes in. <laughs> Just like her husband did. <laughs> uh, a few years ago at WrestleMania. What if she does that and cashes in on Ronda Rousey? Defeats her. Becky Lynch is now on SmackDown. Back on SmackDown as the SmackDown Women's Champion. What if that happens? And we get some awesome matches between Becky Lynch and Ronda Rousey. Because you don't see anybody in Ronda Rousey's face. None of the, They need to have another freaking uh, draft lottery again. I We need that to happen. Okay. So now, men's Money in the Bank ladder match. Let's go with the wrestlers. Seth Rollins versus Drew McIntyre. Sheamus. Omas. Sami Zayn. Riddle. And a final wrestler to be determined on SmackDown. Who could be that final wrestler to be determined on SmackDown? Hmm. Um. Sami Zayn, really? Uh, but the final wrestler to be determined on SmackDown. Dude, if they don't get Walter in this, it'd be a big disappointment. Who else could they get? That is, that could face all these people. Who else? Who else? Who else but him? Walter, I'm telling you. Walter, he... Okay, Seamus, Drew McIntyre. What if it's one of the New Day? Or, better yet, what if it's Butch? Pete Dunne. Yes. Okay, Pete Dunne, Walter, or... No, just Pete Dunne or Walter. I'm good with those. That right there um, puts them straight over to the hardcore stuff, the freaking uh, headbangers that should happen. Uh, here, Drew McIntyre, I don't see him winning this at all. Sheamus, Drew McIntyre and Sheamus will fight, freaking fight each other. They, they're probably too busy, too busy fighting each other for this moment right here. Uh, who else? And then if Butch, if it's Butch, it's going to be Butch and Sheamus teaming with Drew McIntyre to, to fight against Drew McIntyre, all that stuff. Omaz is going to be like the, the one to take, to get rid of people here. Omaz, everybody's going to have to get rid of Omaz. Because, wow, that's, that's a big guy. And what other big guy can take care of Omaz? The king of smack. The king of slapping your chest. Ah, not Suzuki. No. Walter. Walter. Whoever is there. Walter takes care of Amaz. That leaves out Sami Zayn, Riddle, and Seth Rollins. Seth freaking Rollins. Sami Zayn, uh... Okay. I... 
understand why he's there. He's probably gonna get the ones with the spots. Oh, he's gonna he's gonna be the one getting the spots, getting getting beat up, getting oh freaking thrown onto ladders. He's probably gonna be the one doing stuff off of ladders. Riddle also, he bro, he is gonna be the one doing the spots as well. But the guy that I think will win the men's money in the bank, my prediction, is gonna be Seth freaking Rollins. Yes, him. Money in the bank winner right there. Show's over. That's it. Um, what happens then? Next SummerSlam. He's running around with the money in the bank. SummerSlam happens. Uh, what's it called? Uh, freaking Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar main event. <sighs> Another freaking heist. Another heist of the century. Seth Rollins comes out, puts his money in the bank. Three-way again. <laughs> this time he beats um, Brock Lesnar. Yes, this time he defeats Brock Lesnar without beating Roman Reigns. Let's say that happens without even touching Roman Reigns because he will be undefeated. I don't care what anybody says. And something will happen where he gets his belt back and this won't be an issue. Or he, you know, he gets in there, um, tries to win, but can't because Roman Reigns pulls up the upset again. The Usos come in there and help out their cousin. Roman Reigns still champion for another year for until WrestleMania where he has to phase Cody Rhodes because he won the Royal Rumble. I've said this already. Don't act surprised. <laughs> Go listen to the show. A few episodes back, I say Cody Rhodes comes back to the Royal Rumble, wins it, goes to WrestleMania, does that thing. That's when um, Cody becomes champion. Blah, blah, blah. Or we'd get... What I thought I said wait no I didn't say that some I said it somewhere else I probably said it on Instagram on another page all right so this is my idea Seth Rollins wins money in the bank he doesn't cash in at all um Cody Rhodes comes back at Royal Rumble he def wins the the Royal Rumble altogether he goes on to face Roman Reigns at WrestleMania for the unified. Yes, unified. Those belts are still there. He still has the belt. Freaking another three more years of that. Wow. Um, he gets to WrestleMania. And then you hear Seth Rickin Rollins. Music comes out. His music. He comes out. He boots, foot, head stomps Cody Rhodes. And he defeats Cody Rhodes. And that's where he gets his last laugh. That's where he defeats Cody Rhodes and Roman Reigns. He dethrones Cody uh, Roman Reigns. He grabs the belt. And another freaking year of Seth Rollins versus Cody Rhodes. Because why not? It should happen. It should happen like that. Yes. I love this idea. <laughs> Alright, that's, that's my predictions and I'm sticking to them, alright? If you got a problem with that, I want to hear your predictions, actually. Send me your predictions. Um, at fromundertheapron at gmail.com Let me know who you think is going to win any of these matches. Let me know what you saw of Forbidden Door if you watched it. Anything at all. 
Uh, if you want me to read it out loud, I'll read it. Uh, I'm going to have another show on Saturday. So maybe Sunday. Saturday night, I'm going to watch Money in the Bank. Sunday morning, I'll probably do another show. And we're going to we're going to talk about all this stuff that happened. And then we're going to have more episodes later on next week. But yeah, expect an episode on Sunday afternoon. Yeah, that uh <laughs> you're going to get that episode, guys. So yeah, send me a message, send me an email. Okay, so I wanted to do something new. I wanted to get some questions from anywhere, like Instagram, Twitter, uh, basically participating in all these questions from, you know, wrestling, uh, wrestling-related content, anything that's there, uh, TikTok as well. Uh, but I was able to get this audio that you're about to listen. Um, hopefully I get participation from you guys as well. Say, you know, after that here, just send me a message with your answers as well. Uh, from under the apron at gmail.com. Who is on your professional wrestling manager, Mount Rushmore? That's right. We're going to go managers this time. Who is on your manager, professional wrestling manager, any era? Doesn't matter. Any company. Doesn't matter. Mount Rushmore. Stitch this. Duet it. Comment down below. Make sure you follow me on Twitch. Twitch.tv slash Sledge805. The link is in the bio. Bye. That was from Sledge805 on Twitter. So, yeah, I have a few of my very own. Okay, so my first one was immediately the brain of the group of any managers at all. You need a brain to figure, to to be a manager, obviously. And it was without a shadow of doubt, the greatest mind in all of professional wrestling. It was going to be Bobby DeBrain Heenan. Uh, people that he's managed... Is like he is. It's a who's who of wrestlers he had, and it's a family, I guess you know, so to speak. It's the Heenan family, <laughs> um, from all across other companies as well. They were from AWA, NWA, Georgia, WWA, and WWF at the time. Um, I I have a list of all these people that he's managed. Um, Blackjack Lanza, Blackjack Mulligan, Ken Patera, Nick Bockwinkle. From NWA, he freaking managed Ernie Ladd. Uh, Again, Blackjack Lanza. WWA, he managed Angelo Poffo. Uh, Jimmy Valiant, Jimmy and Johnny Valiant. And, of course, you all know who, like, his start where I saw it, first time saw him, and it was with Andre the Giant. And then from there, oh my goodness, um, Adrian Adonis, the Barbarian, Big John Studd, the Brain Busters, Arn Anderson and Tully Blanchard, Buddy Rose, he managed the Brooklyn Brawler, or? Oh yeah, he came out <laughs> for that one match he had against the Ultimate Warrior, poor guy. The Colossal Connection, Giant, Andre the Giant and Haku, 
Harley Race, Harley the King, Hercules, and then he turned on him. The Islanders, Haku and Tama, Ken Patera again, King Kong Bundy, Lex Luger, the Narcissist. For like a short while, because I didn't see him at WrestleMania 9 managing him. The Missing Link, Mr. Perfect. I remember him managing Mr. Perfect. And whenever Mr. Perfect used to do his towel throw from behind, like the perfect catch was always going to be Bobby the Brain Heenan catching it. Uh, Paul Orndorff, he managed the Red Rooster. He managed Ric Flair in that match against Randy Savage when Ric Flair came to WWF as the real world champion. He managed Rick Rude. He managed Sibiafi. Those that he ma- those that you know he managed. Rick Flair, Rick Rude, Mr. Perfect, Lex Luger, Andre the Giant, they all came because he was the greatest mind of managers in all of wrestling. Like I loved that he was there. I hated him, but I loved that. I loved that I hated him. Um <laughs> uh, of course, uh, there's always uh, the stuff that you hear that he, well, he did this, he did that. No, he's awesome. Um, he was voted uh, Manager of the Year by Pro Wrestling Illustrated in 1972, 1976, 1989, and 1991. Freaking hell, man. <laughs> Tag Team of the Year with Nick Bockwinkle and Ray Stevens in 1973, and the Brain Busters in 1989. I mean, come on. Uh, he managed Andre the Giant and Ric Flair three times. Intercontinental Championship three times. Mr. Perfect and Rick Rude. King of the Ring, Harley Race. <laughs> Intercontinental Heavyweight Championship Tournament, Mr. Perfect. Yes, the, the, he has a list of freaking awesome people that he... One of the greatest managers of all time, I am telling you right now. If not, then who else? Okay, so who's my number two? Well, he's the mind. You have to have. You got to have a voice, right? And what better voice to be out there than the guy with the megaphone? That's right, Jimmy Hart. He's my number two. Why? Because those are the two managers that I always hated. Well, and then Jimmy Hart turned face when. You know, WrestleMania 9 and all that stuff. And then he turned heel again in WCW, which I felt better. <laughs> but he managed a bunch of people as well. Uh, the Hart Foundation, Bret Hart and Jimmy Hart. Jim Hart, I'm sorry. Jim Neidhart. Uh, Greg the Hammer Valentine. Jerry the King Lawler. The Million Dollar Man. Ted DiBiase, IRS. As Million, million Dollar? No, that's my name. On somewhere else. <laughs> the the Money Inc. There it is. <laughs> uh, the Mountie. He freaking managed the Mountie. Earthquake, Typhoon, Dino Bravo, the Nasty Boys, the Giant, and the Honky Dog Man. And whenever he came out with his whoever he was with, he was ha- he always had a jacket with that person's name on his back, and he always had a megaphone with that person's um, image and likeness. He always had something for him. How many megaphones did this guy have? He was my favorite, one of my favorites, the Mouth of the South, Jimmy Hart. And then he managed um, Hulk Hogan and Brutus Beefcake. And then he went to WCW and 
the dungeon of doom the dungeon of doom the faces of fear you know everybody over there uh manager of the year 1997 and 1994 by pro wrestling illustrated uh he's world-class wrestling association hall of fame he's in the hall of fame in the wwe uh manager of the year in 1993 by the wrestling observer newsletter uh yeah <laughs> he he's he's up there with my favorite of anything he's ever done especially in WCW uh the giant he managed the giant he managed my goodness uh Ric Flair of course any all that stuff he even went to TNA I believe okay cool so he's my number two Okay, so my third favorite, <laughs> you guys, it, it might not be your favorite, but he's my favorite. Um, Mr. Fuji, or as we all used to call him, Master Fuji. Um, he would always have salt, you know, salt in his hands and threw it at your eye, at the wrestler's eyes. Um, he's managed Don Morocco, Demolition. Um, he's managed a wide variety of people um most importantly yokozuna and yokozuna and owen hart when they were tag team champions uh freaking who else there was a bunch of them man i love that he he was one of those people that you hated as well like i don't know sometimes you hate managers managers are supposed to be hated not loved in my in my eyes of course but you know there was that he was the worst manager of the year in 1984-1985 by the Wrestling Observer Newsletter, according to them. Way to ruin everything, guys. Uh, but still, ranked number 445 of the 500 best singles wrestlers during the PWI years in 2003 by Pro Wrestling Illustrated. Okay. <laughs> um... He's he's on he's there. Demolition was action smash. Uh, he freaking ran a marathon. Yes, he did. He ran a marathon in his suit. He had a James Bond suit. And he, remember odd job from James Bond. Well, he he was there. Um, his first client was George the Animal Steel. Uh, who else? He faced Hulk Hogan and Mean Gene Okerlund in a match. That was a so long, long, long time ago. He managed Don Morocco. I, I, I it wasn't a lot of people, but at the same time, he mat he managed those people, and you knew who those people were. But most importantly, his most important person that he managed was Yokozuna. Even though Yokozuna wasn't a really a real Japanese wrestler, he was still. Like he looked the part, he was part of that bad that um culture. He wasn't even a part of that culture, man. What the hell am I saying? He was Samoan. But, you know, he Mr. Fuji was big influence big thing. Those two came together. If Yokozuna wasn't able to do it, get the job done, he'd have the salt ready in his hand and ready to throw it. So yeah, that's my number three. My number four is Jim Cornette. <laughs> hey, yeah, I know what you're going to say, but hey, he was 
another person I hated back in the day. He managed a bunch of people. Uh, most memorable was Camp Cornette in the WWE with Mr. Fuji, Master Fuji. Um, it was Owen Hart, Yokozuna, and the British Bulldog. Um, and then he managed um, a bunch of other people as well. Dan Severn, uh, Sherry Martell, um, got a list. Yokozuna, freaking eh. He was the mouthpiece for Mr. Fuji and Yokozuna. Um, of course, they had a lawyer with them, and his name was uh, Clarence Mason, right? Yeah, it was Clarence Mason. Uh, there was the Heavenly Bodies, Stan Lane and Tom Pritchard um, in the 90s. Uh, that was the thing. I hated the Heavenly Bodies. Um, Dr. Tom Pritchard. Um, <laughs> uh, for some other reason I hated the Heavenly Bodies for. But, uh, the, what was he called? The, the Bigelow or what? Uh, the, not the Bigelow, the Gigolo, Jimmy Del Rey. Oh my God. Uh, whatever. Um, there's another thing. That I could go on and on about about that guy. He's a whole episode of bad stuff. Um, Dr. Tom Pritchard, of course, who ended up being Zip from the Body Donnas. Uh, Sweet Stan Lane, <laughs> beautiful Bobby Eaton. Those those are the few people that he's managed. He's managed Vader, of course. Uh, the Midnight Express is who I'm thinking of. That uh, I don't know why I called them the Rock and Roll Express before, but I was thinking more of the Midnight Express, Bobby Eaton and Dennis Condry. Um, shit, Davy Boy Smith and David, and Owen Hart, of course. He also managed the Rock and Roll Express. Apparently, I didn't realize that. Um, but yeah, I, I most notably it was the fact that the Midnight Express, uh, Stan Lane. And Bobby Eaton, of course, you know. And he had his own company, Smoky Mountain Wrestling. So, yeah, um, Jim Cornette is, would be my number four. And if it's going to be a tie, I guess, because I, I can't pick a fifth one. But the, the fifth guy, my, you know, that should have been here, Paul Heyman, or as I used to know him as, Paul E. Dangerously, because... <laughs> He had the Dangerous Alliance, and that alliance was freaking awesome, man. Like, over the years. Um, AWA members, Adrian Adonis, CWA, Eddie Gilbert, and Missy Hyatt. WCW was Arn Anderson, Bobby Eaton, Larry Zavisco, Medusa. Michael P.S. Hayes, Rick Rude, and Steve Austin. ECW was 911. Oh, we all know that guy. The Dark Patriot, Don Morocco, Eddie Gilbert, Jimmy Snuka, Shane Douglas, Sherry Martell, Sabu, and Taz. And then the new Dangers of Reliance was Billy Wiles, C.W. Anderson, Eric Watts, Electra, Lou E. Dangerously, Johnny Swinger, and Simon Diamond. And of course, he's managed CM Punk. He's managed... Uh, Brock Lesnar. 
uh, Midnight Express, um, and he's now the counsel, the wise man for Roman Reigns and the Usos, the bloodline. He's part of that bloodline. Um, if anything, I can't wait to see him on Young Rock if they ever do a piece on him. But yeah, those, those are my favorite. Those are my four and my fifth guy, if we're going by that. Um, let me know yours. Uh, send me an, an email. <laughs> I just love putting that email here. From under the apron at gmail.com. All right, that's going to be it for me tonight. Thank you for listening to the show and supporting us. Follow us on Twitter at apron underscore stories. Follow me on Twitter at million dollar geek. I will be live tweeting money in the bank on Saturday as well as sharing funny tweets from that night. Maybe I'll share them on here when we do the money in the bank aftermath show. Uh, we have fun with others as well. Listen to us on Spotify or anchor.fm totally free at from under the apron. Thank you anchor for sponsoring the show. Download the app or go to anchor.fm and start your podcast today. Check us out on YouTube and smash that subscribe button. It is Million Dollar Geek. And follow us on Instagram from Under the Apron for more wrestling content. For more awesome episodes of like-minded podcast like myself, go to the network I'm in. They're an awesome community. Check out Burberry Challenge, another wrestling podcast on Spotify. Uh, just in case you got tired of me. <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, yeah, they're part of the Nirvana Network as well. I was just on the Masterpiece Shitbeast Theater a few weeks ago. Yes, I did a crossover episode with them. Yes, the, it would be the last episode from this one. So if you got a chance to listen, go ahead and listen. I will more than likely do more of that. And it's probably going to be videos, but, you know, check them out on YouTube as well. Um, or check out the Linktree at linktree.com forward slash the Nerdvana Network. I will have the link for you in the show notes. Send us a message or your favorite wrestling stories, either by email. It is from underdeapron at gmail.com if you haven't gotten tired of it yet. Scroll down some more and it's the Q&A. Mm, okay, I'll give you this week's question. Who is your favorite wrestling villain? I know I talk a lot about wrestling and comic books, and some of you hate comic books apparently. I'm kidding. And I would love to hear from you as to who is your favorite wrestling villain. If the wrestling universe was a comic book, basically, who would be the greatest villain of all time? I have one in mind, and he's pretty sick. I I don't think anyone will ever trust him. He's a, He's such a snake. You probably got it by now. <laughs> Alright, thank you for tuning in. Tune in next week and with me and find out what kind of stories are hiding and swept as we broadcast from Under the Apron. See y'all later. <laughs>